Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all here today on this Monday of the holiest week of the year. I hope that you guys are prepared for some time with your family this Easter. Um, I'm not, I don't evangelize on, on, on radio a whole lot, but this is really the perfect time of year. It's the end of Lent. If you really need to get your soul right, this week is the week to do it. So just, uh, just take some time in meditation. Consider this year, the past couple years, and if the last couple years have proven anything to us, it's that perhaps we as a collective society should get back to the worship a little bit. I think that there is a big disconnect between society and some sort of religious ideology that keeps us relatively in check. We haven't been in check for quite some time. 232-1542, glad to be with y'all today. I'm going to spend a decent amount of time today making fun of Brian Stelter. It's one of the great joys that I have in life. Brian Stelter is the host of Reliable Sources on CNN. He is their chief media correspondent and uh, is frequently used as the network's attack dog against Fox News. Um, His weekly program is broadcast to about 45 homes around the country, according to the latest ratings. He uses the platform very regularly to attack Fox News and other center-right media outlets uh, as a way of going after their partisan coverage of political events. His newsletter and TV show uh, devote huge chunks of their time to this effort, time and space to this effort, and they sprinkle in the occasional vague misinformation accusation along with their standard fare. So that's who Brian Stelter is. He's the potato-looking guy on scene. The, the internet refers to him as a potato. Um, normally, I wouldn't engage in such uh, such superficial insults, but the, the, the description's kind of apt, actually. Um, it's important to remember, before I go on, that Stelter, who works for CNN as their chief media correspondent, their media consults, uh, uh, uh their media correspondent, the guy who reports on the goings-on of the media, Stelter ignored the biggest media stories of the last two years, the unethical behavior and subsequent firing of Chris Cuomo and the firing of former uh, CNN president Jeff Zucker. He actually ran interference for Zucker in 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 the weeks leading up to Zucker's resignation. His focus on Fox News does seem like he's covering for his own network's numerous issues in reporting and and management. CNN has had to retract stories. They have gone overboard in their coverage of one side over the other, but they will turn around and accuse Fox News of being the partisan misinformation outlet. It is kind of ironic. I've got no great love for Fox News. But for once, for CNN to call Fox News purveyors of misinformation and uh, too partisan to be real journalism is pretty rich. So that brings us to this weekend. Now, normally, you guys, like me, don't really care what happens on Brian Stelter's reliable sources on CNN. And there's good reason. 
we don't care. We don't care about Stelter's latest attack on Fox News, on center-right media. But this one's important because he lets his mask slip for a little bit. He is supposed to be a media correspondent, and he talks a lot about the media's coverage of events and the misinformation that's out there and people's inability to trust the media, the misinformation, the, all that stuff out there. So he invites uh, Yale assistant professor Joshua Kala on as a guest. Kala ran a study on partisanship in media coverage, which almost assuredly means he's going to say something about the way Fox News covers stuff. And that's what Brian Stelter wanted on his show. So his producers reach out, they get Kala on, he comes on. Stelter introduces him and says, basically, you're proving what we've sensed for a while, which is Fox viewers are in the dark about the bad news for the GOP. Kala says, that's right. Fox and CNN cover different issues, and Fox News predominantly covers issues that make the GOP look good and make Democrats look bad. But Stelter does not like what Kala says next. On the flip side, CNN engages in this partisan coverage filtering as well. Fox News covered, uh, he talks about the Abraham Accords, uh, Donald Trump's uh, big diplomatic push to get the Middle East kind of centered around recognizing Israel and actually led to some agreements, not necessarily straight up peace agreements, but basically understandings between Israel and a lot of Middle Eastern countries, a lot of mostly Arabic or mostly Muslim countries. And Kala says Fox News covered this really major accomplishment about 15 times more than CNN did. We saw how much both networks are encouraging this partisan coverage filtering. It's not about one side. It's about the media writ large. This is what drove Stelter up the wall. He says, I think you're engaging in some both sides-ism there, Josh. He brought this guy on to talk about Fox News and their partisan covering of issues. And instead, this guy brought CNN into the mix saying, y'all do it too. And that drove Stelter crazy. Kala said, not trying to lay out a moral equivalency. It's not about what an objective standard is. It's really about what all networks do when they engage in this. And he's right. And I'm going to tell you why he's right when we come back from this break. 232-1542, when we return... You can call in, take part in the show, all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today. So before the break, I was mentioning Brian Stelter's show, Reliable Sources, and the guest he had on this week. And he had a couple guests that I want to talk about today. I want to talk about why the media is in the state it's in. Now, this guest, Joshua Colley, is an assistant professor at Yale, tells Stelter that Fox News and CNN cover issues differently. Fox News predominantly covers issues that make the GOP look good and make Democrats look bad. CNN, meanwhile, does the opposite. And he cited in particular the network's lack of coverage of the Abraham Accords, which, if you guys recall is uh, the diplomatic push by the Trump administration to get various uh, Middle Eastern countries, uh, predominantly Muslim countries, to sign these agreements, this understanding with Israel. It, it paves the way for there to be actual peace in the Middle East. 
And he notes that Fox News covered this 15 times more than CNN did. And CNN barely covered it at all. And a lot of the coverage leading up to it was very negative. Like, oh, this will never work, stuff like that. And Stelter responds to Kala saying this, like, I think you're engaging in some both sides-ism there. Meaning, well, I don't want you to talk about what CNN has done wrong. I brought you on here to talk about what Fox News has done wrong. And Kala responds with, it's not trying to lay out a moral equivalency. It's not about what an objective standard is. This is his quote. It's really about how all networks do engage in this. And in order for viewers to get a realistic picture of the world, we need viewers to see all types of information. And unfortunately, what we find in the study is that viewers don't want to engage in watching on all sides. And it's absolutely true. We have a diversified media landscape. And it's only going to get more and more diverse. What we're seeing right now is basically the news media having fully shifted to a business model is shifting its coverage in ways that appeal to what they feel is the demographic market they want. CNN, MSNBC, and these other outlets are looking at ways to, in particular, get the younger demographics hooked onto them. They can't be gatekeepers anymore. They've tried that. It's not working. So they're trying to fine-tune their coverage to be more appealing. So instead of gatekeeping, they just make themselves appear more attractive. Instead of being the group that tells you what you, know, what you need to know for the day, they're now having to compete with alternate voices in the sphere, Fox News and the other conservative outlets. Kala's insistence is that CNN engages in the exact same type of, of behavior as Fox News. And it's apparently a statement Stelter wasn't prepared for. I guess his producers didn't read the study and didn't, didn't reach out and, and, and try to say, you know, what, you know, didn't like pre-vet this guy and what his study was because they wouldn't have let him onto the show if, they were, if he was going to say that CNN does the same thing Fox News does. That actually horrifies people at mainstream media outlets, when you, when you tell them that they're doing the exact same thing that Fox News does, when you're accusing them of the very type of propaganda they accuse Fox News of. All of these journalists, particularly the younger ones, particularly the ones in their 30s, some into their 40s, a lot, and there are a lot of older lefties in the, in the media as well, but a lot of them were better behaved up until recently. A lot of the younger journalists, the ones who are dominating the market right now, all grew up thinking Fox News is the devil incarnate and that it's a blight on journalism. They wanted to be anti-Fox News. That's their idea of journalism, which is in itself a major mistake. For someone to come on Stelter's show and to say that CNN actually is like Fox News in this way, it actually requires, frankly, a certain level of testicular fortitude. Because that's not what you say when you get on Brian Stelter's show. You get on Brian Stelter's show to attack Republicans, attack the GOP, attack conservatives, attack Fox News and all these other uh, groups in order to, you know, uh, make the rest of the media look good. 
the folks at CNN are very sensitive to this accusation. They are sensitive when they get attacked as not being good journalists. And believe me, I know they've sent me DMs before. Brian, Silt- Brian Stelter has reached out to me privately to complain about stuff I've written about him. There are multiple folks at CNN who do that. They get very, very upset if you write negatively about them. And if they think that you actually can do harm to their reputation, they will reach out to you unless they've reached out a few times and you've ignored them. Stelter doesn't reach out to me anymore because I wrote that he reached out to me and explained in what I was, you know, what I was writing about him. I explained that he reached out and why I said what I said. He doesn't reach out anymore. He doesn't like that I came and defended myself and that I called him out publicly for reaching out to Wine privately. Stelter's position would be defensible if he himself wasn't doing what he accuses Fox News of doing all the time. But he does. He and the other journalists out in the mainstream marketplace do it all the time. They have chosen a side. And they're going to continue to fight for that side over and over and over again. Is it any wonder nobody trusts the media when the media cannot be honest about themselves, much less the news they cover? Forget what the media said about Donald Trump for the past several years. Forget what they've said about Republicans for decades. Forget about anything they've said about any conservative cause or anything like that. Consider what the media won't be honest about itself. They will not admit that they take a side. They think that what they are doing is right and just and it's good journalism. They cannot be they they cannot take the blinders off to see it. And it's what's so infuriating about the state of journalism today. I don't mind partisan journalism. I write for a website called Red State. It is a conservative news and opinion site. I'm more of an opinion-oriented guy, but I am a journalist. I was trained a journalist. I went to a journalism school. I'm fine with partisan journalism, but be honest about it. That's what's infuriating. They cannot be honest about what they cover and why. They cannot be honest about the fact that as much as they complain about Donald Trump, they made Donald Trump the nominee. By giving him billions of dollars worth of free TV time over the course of the 2016 campaign, they made Donald Trump the nominee. They are responsible for the media rise of Donald Trump. The American public very likely wasn't going to pay a whole lot of attention to the Trump campaign. But when you had MSNBC, you had CNN, you had NBC, CBS, ABC, they're all giving all this coverage to Donald Trump. Every time he lands somewhere, his plane lands somewhere, journalists breathlessly running out to see what Donald Trump is going to say next. There was a study done. It was the equivalent of billions of dollars of, advertise, of, of ad time that they gave him for free just with the level of coverage they gave him in 2016. That kind of exposure propelled Trump beyond the other candidates in 2016. That's what brought us to where we were. But the media cannot be honest about that. They don't want you to, they don't want you to remember that part. They, just, they want you to think that horrible, racist Republicans brought this authoritarian fascist into power. Never mind the fact that they're the ones who gave him all the advertising, all the, all the airtime 
to get his face in front of millions of Americans and convince those Americans, hey, maybe we should vote for this guy. He must be important. He's getting all this coverage. They did it to themselves. And years before of being aligned with the left and now years afterwards of being doubling, of doubling down on all this, they've made their own bed. 232-1542, we're going to take a break. When we come back, another guest Delta hat on and why, why the media is just going to be re- ignored by the American public from here on out. 232-1542, when we come back after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to call in. On the line now, we've got Ray. Ray, how are you this afternoon? Doing fine, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. I have an opinion and with a quick question, and, I, and if you don't mind, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. Uh, my, my opinion was that you gave CNN far too much credit for their balanced journalism. Uh, my opinion is that uh, Fox is much more balanced. Fox has many more liberal journalists than CNN has conservative journalists. CNN has constantly harped on lies, for instance, the Nicholas Sandman case, the Russian hoax case. I'm not aware of any uh, any lies, outright lies that Fox has presented. Uh, certainly, I would agree that Fox has a conservative lean. I would not <laughs> not mm-hmm. dispute that. But I just uh, would like uh, your response uh, and and uh, just just see what you had to say. And thank you, Joe. Oh, you're you're absolutely right in that. Um, Fox News is not guilty of many of the crimes that CNN is guilty of. But Fox News is of the right. And so they have to be treated as such. And the it, it's not that I want to give CNN credit for, for you know, being, you know, unbiased journalists or anything like that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not somebody who believes that CNN, at this point, uh, is able to be rescued from what they've done to themselves. Uh, CNN... Their coverage and their ratings show it. They are losing consistently on the left to MSNBC, and they are just getting curb stomped by Fox News on the right. I mean, there's if you want to get your news from a left-leaning perspective, you go to MSNBC. Why go to CNN where you get MSNBC light? I mean, Don Lemon is an amateur compared to Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes. But that's what they want. That's what they are constantly trying to do is, under Jeff Zucker... They did a very much entertainment audience grabbing forward programming. And so that's why you had Chris Cuomo. That's why you have Don Lemon. And it came at the expense of people who were of the left, but are a little bit more tolerable than the personalities that were driving the network. Um, and it just, it's become insufferable. CNN has become just frankly insufferable. I will watch CNN on election night because their numbers and the, the what comes in is typically a lot faster and more accurate among the cable news networks. Now, when I, when I watch something, I watch, uh, I watch uh, uh, the Decision Desk, Decision, uh, uh, DecisionDeskHQ.com. It was actually started by a buddy of mine, Brandon Finnegan. Uh, they do very, very, very good coverage of elections and getting the numbers in on election night very frequently. Um, But when it comes to the TV coverage, 
I like CNNs better because I think their numbers are and and their their methodology and stuff like that is a lot more accurate, and their maps just frankly look a little bit cooler. Uh, but they also have guys like Harry Inton, who's of the left, but he's a very good numbers and analysis guy. Of their left-leaning commentators, uh, as much as they drive people crazy, David Axelrod and Van Jones are actually guys who come across as very real in what they say. But as far as the actual journalism goes, yeah, they're very much of the left. And you're right, Fox News is not guilty of the misinformation in their journalism, in their reporting, that CNN is. CNN has had to retract full-blown stories. Fox News has not. Now, the difference between the two networks in terms of opinion coverage is where you might get something a little more controversial. The Laura Ingrams, the, the Sean Hannity's, uh, the Tucker Carlson's, all of whom have said things that I don't personally agree with as far as reaching into some of the uh, the more conspiratorial in, in tone and nature sometimes. But I don't hold that against them. They're opinion hosts. I'm an opinion host. I get it. You have that freedom of space when you're an opinion host. The problem is that CNN does not claim to have opinion hosts, but they put Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon as the faces of the network. They were opinion hosts without the network having the guts to say they were opinion hosts. That's where the problem lies. They have a clear division. And actually, there was a breakdown years back that showed Fox News had a 70-30, no, no, it was, I think Fox News was 60% opinion to 40% straight news, hard news, I think is what the supposed nonpartisan analysis broke down. Uh, but they, they said Fox News was about 60-40 and that CNN was about 55 opinion, 45 news. And MSNBC was like 70-30 opinion news. But I think if you did that analysis right now, and I think that's what the, the uh, Joshua Kala's research at uh, Yale might have shown, is that CNN actually is a bit more partisan. And it's, it's not so much a clear line between opinion and uh, hard reporting now. I think everything is kind of so blended together. But here's something else. Abigail Disney was on Stelter's show this weekend. And they talked about the, the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act. This is her quote. If you were to, to erase every reference to gayness and gay people from the planet, which is sort of what the don't say gay bill feels like, will children not become gay? Do they not need to be, do they need to be recruited and groomed or are people just gay? It's a stupid question. It is a Dumb question for multiple reasons. First of all, a bill doesn't feel like something. A bill says what it does, and when it becomes law, it does it. There is no don't say gay bill. There was no don't, don't say gay law. It's a parental rights and education law. But Stelter, who rants and raves against uh, opinionated reporting from Fox News, who decries misinformation, is allowing this to go on his show. The, don't, the, the, the so-called don't say gay bill does not erase every reference to gayness and gay people from the planet. It doesn't even erase it from Florida. It doesn't even erase it from all schools. 
It says you cannot bring up sex and sexuality to kindergarten through third graders, five to eight-year-olds. That's it. Gayness still exists. It's not as though Florida is forcing gay people back into the closet. But supposed straight journalist Brian Stelter is allowing this to happen on his show. And it further goes to show that there is not real journalism at CNN. And it's infuriating if you are somebody who believes in the potential for there to be real good journalism out there. Again, I don't have a problem with partisan journalism. I expect it. We're all humans. You cannot flush out all of your biases from your reporting if you're a reporter. You just can't do it. And it's something that can be as minute as what you choose to cover and what sources you choose to call for a particular story. But to claim that you are an objective journalist, that you are out there to fight against misinformation and corrupt journalism and biased journalism, and then to allow this sort of thing to happen on your show makes a mockery of what you're trying to do. And make no mistake, Brian Stelter should be mocked repeatedly for what he allows to go onto his show. Because time and again, it is misinformation. 232-1542. We're going to take a break. When we come back, did you know the Biden administration does not want to talk about Joe Manchin anymore? I'll explain that when we come back from the break here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the show. The Biden administration seems to have learned its lesson, or at least they're making the appearance that they've learned their lesson. Top Biden officials are keeping their ambitions vague. They're steering clear of firm deadlines. And most importantly, they're trying hard as possible just not to talk about it at all. This is over at Politico, the new White House rule. Don't talk about Joe Manchin. The fate of President Joe Biden's domestic agenda may hinge on his administration's ability to do one simple thing. Shut up. That's literally what they write at Politico. The administration-wide gag order imposed over the last several weeks is a marked shift from earlier efforts to hype Biden's expansive policy vision and a tacit acknowledgement that the White House has learned its lesson. The administration and its allies spent months last year trying to pressure Joe Manchin into supporting a $1.7 trillion climate and social spending package, only to see the negotiations blow up in December. Now Manchin is signaling he's willing to deal again, and Democrats are all but begging him to write the legislation himself. So in other words, Joe Manchin is still the most powerful man in Washington, D.C. The Biden administration is not going to push the Biden agenda. Rather, they're going to give Joe Manchin the bullet points, say, here's what, you, here's what we would like to see, do what you can, and Joe Manchin will write it himself. Now, there's a couple reasons why they're going to do this. First is, again, Joe Manchin can derail anything he wants to. And you know what? If they can't make him happy before November of this year, game's over. The Democrats will have lost. Well, technically, I guess before January of next year, because that's when they'll all be sworn in. But everyone will know that the administration will not be able to get anything done 
if Manchin is not on board before the November elections. Manchin wants some things for himself. He comes from an energy-heavy state, West Virginia. The blue-collar coal miners, energy producers of West Virginia do not want the Green New Deal to go through because it will put them out of work, something they already had to go through once when Biden's last boss, Barack Obama, was in charge. And Manchin sits on the Energy Committee in the Senate. He will kill whatever he needs to to make sure that his voters get what they want because they will keep electing him. The deferential approach, according to Politico, has put Biden and his top advisors in the awkward position of minimizing talk about their top policy priority, one they hope voters will ultimately reward them for in November. They're banking everything on this because they have nothing else, y'all. Issue after issue the Democrats have been failing on. Joe Biden today gives this big press event on ghost guns. I need to get Stephen Gutowski on here to talk about that. I'm going to make a note of that. He has a press event today to talk about ghost guns. And Biden, by the way, still doesn't know what he's talking about. He claimed once again that when the Constitution was written, it was illegal for somebody to buy a cannon. It wasn't, and it still isn't illegal for anybody to buy a cannon. But the Biden administration is pushing now on this whole ghost gun issue. They're trying to limit the pervasiveness of guns. I gave you guys that story last week about them going after gun manufacturers advertising that guns can help with in-home safety. That you can be safe if you have a gun in your home to protect yourself. They're trying to sue. They're trying to get the FTC to sue based on uh, false false advertising. Saying, well, no, you're not safe in the home if there's a gun because there's a gun. They want to go after the gun manufacturers on that. They want to limit the pervasiveness of what they call ghost guns, never mind the fact that most gun crimes are committed by people with guns that are not ghost guns. They have serial numbers on them, and the serial numbers may have been filed off, but they were produced with them. And that a lot of the guns were obtained illegally from the start. Doing this about ghost, doing something about ghost guns is not going to change that. But they just want to curb the, the sale and manufacture of guns wherever they can. The Democrats are losing on all the social issues. They're losing on the education issue. They're losing on the trans issue right now. The the abortion numbers still aren't looking all that great for them either. Abortion is still somewhat favored in the country, but it's losing ground. The Democrats have pushed so far left that they have no choice but to negotiate with somebody they have been publicly decrying against in Joe Manchin. So the Biden administration is going to tell all of its staffers, to shut up about Joe Manchin and let him dictate the course of their policy because that's all they have left. And they hope voters will vote for them in November based on that. They are literally governing by polling. We need to do something to make the the voters like us. Biden's losing big on on young voters. We need to to forgive all uh, all college debt now, all student loan debt now. We need to forgive that so that the young voters will come out for us in November. Never mind the taxpayers being on the hook for all that. They're governing by polling and they're handing over their agenda to the one person they have been 
trash-talking publicly in order to make it happen. And Manchin doesn't have to do it. Manchin doesn't have to take part in that foolishness. Right now, he's signaling that he's willing to. But he doesn't have to be party to all this. And he knows it, and the Democrats know it. So they're going to try their very, very best to make Joe Manchin happy. And you know what? That's going to force the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Rashida Tlaibs, all the members of the squad. They're all going to come out, the Bernie Sanders, the Elizabeth Warrens, all of them. They will come out and attack Joe Manchin for keeping the Biden administration from going too far to the left. They want the Biden administration to go further and further left. Because they don't understand that they're about to lose in November. They're about to get crushed. Either that or they do understand it, but they don't care so long as they get their agenda passed and let the Republicans have to deal with that fallout. Because that's what there's going to be, a ton of fallout. But that's it. That's where we are on this issue. The, Demo the, the Biden administration is willing to hand over its agenda to Joe Manchin to try to get something passed before November. And if they can't do it, Biden's a lame duck. There's nothing that they can do from that point forward. It is really incredible that we're at the point we're at right now. Unbelievable that we've gotten here where a president can be a lame duck in their first midterm of their first term, possibly their only term. But to be a lame duck president so early is just disastrous. I'm not sure if we've ever seen anything like I have to go back and check the history books just to make sure. But it is prehistoric. And that's it for the day. We're going to take a 23-hour break. Come back tomorrow. Hopefully these storms that are predicted will pass through pretty quickly. In the meantime, reach out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And remember to check out the podcast version of the show, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in, subscribe, rate, and review. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.